Welcome to Career View. This is the podcast where we ask questions you want to know when it comes to pursuing a career path. I'm your host, Nirujit Shamal, and each episode I will ask questions on behalf of students across the country from secondary schools and universities what they want to know when it comes to pursuing their dream job. For today's episode, we'll be asking our top questions that have been submitted by students on our Career View website who are interested in a career within human resources. Now, to answer these questions, I'm joined by 30 year old talent acquisition specialist, Elaine Lassaf. In a very short span of time, Elaine has managed to get experience working in various mining companies in Australia, a recruitment agency in the UK, as well as an intergovernmental agency in Belgium. So, let's hear from her. And we're back, Elaine, as our representative for human resources. Firstly, how's everything going? Yeah, pretty good. A bit quiet at the moment, which is nice. Lots of peaks and troughs normally, so it's a bit bored. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I don't really know what to do with my time. <laughs> no, 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 that's good as long as, you know, you're being able to balance work and you're being able to enjoy that. Um, you know, before we get into our top questions asked by students when it comes to pursuing a career path in human resources, uh, the first thing I wanted to know and to ask you uh, personally is, what exactly is human resources? Um, it seems like a very broad term. What does it involve? And can you break it down for us? Yeah, human resources is really broad. So overall, it's anything to do with the human aspect of the workplace. So it is generally broken down into lots of different facets. So depending on whether you're at a small company or a bigger company, it can be quite different in terms of what human resources might look like. Um, So at a bigger company, you'll be looking at um, people who are very specialised and niche in their roles. So... um, For example, I work in talent acquisition, which is a specific part of human resources. Um, Then you might have someone who works more in in the employment relations facet and then maybe internal mobility. Then you might have someone who is a human resource business partner who works very closely with different stakeholders and upper management in business. Within a smaller company, you might have one person that does all of that. Um, So, yeah, depending on where you work, human resources can look very different from one place to the other. Very interesting, uh, Elaine. And just to understand from your perspective, how did you fall into talent acquisition? Was this something of interest to you or was it because you were working in much larger companies? Um, So I actually started working within an agency recruitment. Um, I went to university to study human resources and they always said, oh, don't work for an agency. Um, They, I guess they're kind of like the used car salesman Mm. of um, the human resources world. Okay, didn't know that. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to explore that avenue a little bit more, I think, as a typical rebellious teenager, it's like if someone tells you not to do something, that's what you're going to do. So that's sort of how I ended up in um, agency recruitment. And then from there, I have done various other roles, including um, more generalist HR positions and now obviously talent acquisition internally for um, a company. Excellent. No, really interesting to know, Elaine. Um, Let's jump into our top questions uh, that are asked by students. Um, The first question that we have for you is, 
what is the most appealing aspect of working in human resources? I think for me, it was that human aspect of things. So I'm not a very data driven person. I'm not analytical. I don't want to sit in front of a computer all day programming. That's not what I like doing. I like to have chats with people um, and solving their problems. Uh, And so for me, human resources just made sense because essentially my job is to speak with people all day, every day. (laughs) And that's what I enjoy. Um, So yeah, that's probably what I think is the most appealing part for me. Obviously, um, as I said, I'm in talent acquisition, so it's a little bit different um, to other aspects of HR. So you're always speaking to people all the time and is this how often are you doing this um, between speaking to people and also is there other aspects of the job as well in terms of what you do? Um, yeah, so depending, like in my current role now, it's probably the time I've spoken to people the least. Um, in When I was in the agency world, it, I'd be speaking to people like 50% of the time, if not more, I was clocking like 50, 60 hours a week on the phone. Wow. Um, now it's probably a lot less. Um, I'm probably still in meetings and on the phone a good 10 to 15 hours a week, I would say. Um, but the other facets would be your sort of administration that goes with it, your contract development, mm. those sort of things. Okay, no, good to know. Uh, Elaine, next question that we have for you asked by students is, do you have to go to university? Depends what you do. So if you want to solely uh, do recruitment um, and work for an agency, you don't have to go to university generally. Um, is it easier to get into recruitment with a degree? Yeah. Um, you're, you're always going to have a better, more chance to get into HR and recruitment if you do have a university degree. Um, many companies don't consider you without a degree, unfortunately. Um, So that's probably where the holdback is. And in some aspects of HR, if you don't have a degree um, legally, it can become quite complicated um, because you might not legally be able to sign off on certain things. Wow. So in in summary, university is still very relevant for students who want to pursue a career path in human resources to do. Um, And do do you see this changing at all in the next few years or 10 years time or do you see this pretty consistent? No, I think it will be pretty consistent. I think, if anything, it will become more regulated. Um, and the only way that's probably going to... The only way it's going to go is to, for more people to have degrees, yeah. Great to know, Elaine. Great insights there. Uh, next question that we have for you is, what subjects are useful to learn at school for this career? I don't think there's any subject specifically that's going to be important. Um as I said, human resources is, is pretty broad. Um, so I guess your humanities subjects might help you a little bit, but I would suggest that you enrol in subjects that you have to speak and public speak. That will probably help you the most. Yeah, no, great to know. And Elaine, just coming back to your high school experience, what kind of student were you? Were you always, um, what subjects that were you really interested in and drawn to? Just for students to get a bit of an understanding, now that you work in human resources and talent acquisition, what were some of the things that would always pull towards you in, as a point of interest? Um, funnily enough, not humanities. So I was very much a science-based kid. Um, so I think 
in terms of my TE subjects, maths, physics, um, human biology. Human biology was my favourite subject. Um, then I did French and English. So I guess it was quite an even split, actually. Yeah. I mean, wow. Doing <laughs> science, actually, and then look at human biology and then ending up and doing human resources probably indicates to many of our listeners out there, you can do a lot of different things at school and really at one point you realise that you want to go to university and study human resource specifically because you're, you're passionate about people. But I guess during the, the high school journey, it's pretty broad. You can do a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I didn't... I did whatever I wanted in high school, essentially, and I did at university as well. My first degree isn't in human resources. So my undergrad was an arts degree, and then I did a master's in human resources and employment relations. So um, it just depends on the pathways that you want to take. Excellent, Elaine. Really good to know. Um, Next question that we have for you asked by students is, how did you apply for jobs and what was the process in terms of you getting a job? Um, So I got pretty lucky with my first role. Um, So I was offered an internship um, as soon as I graduated university that um, I did not apply for. Um, So I was approached by um, a family friend who had an opportunity um, in Brussels. Um, So I got to do that straight away. Um, And then I... Then my first, I guess, real job um, was with a graduate program. And as all graduate programs are nowadays, I applied online and, um, yeah, just did the testing that you had to do for that. Right. So great that you got that opportunity as an internship. Was there anything that you learned really important in that internship period that helped you get the graduate placement and that work that you got later on? Yeah, I think as an intern, I was working for a small company. So I think we're about 40 people um, in the office. And what I learned there was hierarchy doesn't mean anything. Um, So it doesn't matter who they are in the company. They just appreciate being spoken with and even just the normal niceties of hi, how are you sort of in the corridor means a lot. Um, during that role, the director used to get me to sit at his desk and type his emails because English wasn't his first language. Wow. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Um, so, so just basic decency yeah. right? and being able to, you know, be polite and be nice and friendly and supportive uh, in a working environment goes a long way. And probably yeah. that was reflective of how you got maybe your next job as well. Yeah, And lending a helping hand, I think, just being up to support whether that be in your job requirements or not. Excellent, Elaine. Really great to know on that front. Um, Next question that we have for you is, is the job itself very hands-on or are you sitting behind the office a lot of the time? Um, Again, this is probably dependent on where you work and what industry you work in, so it is quite different. Um, Currently, I am behind a desk all the time. Uh, that's just because I work with people who don't are in the same well state as myself <laughs> or even the same country. So I have to do a lot of my work on Zoom if I am meeting stakeholders. Traditionally, you would always be in an office setting, but not necessarily behind your desk. You would often be in meeting rooms with managers and um, potential new employees. Um, 
so yeah, it, COVID, I think, has changed that a little bit as well, where we're more hesitant to let people in the office. Oh, wow. Okay. And then now that we're out of COVID, do you see that coming back to normal in terms of letting people in the office be more hands-on in that typical human resources role? Or has this changed it for, for good to some extent? I think at D- DS, we're always going to be the way that we are just because of our geographic dispersity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just very geographically dispersed. Um, but in other companies, yeah, I think people... A face-to-face interview is much better than an interview on Zoom, and that's always going to be true, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely in the in the world of talent acquisition that you look into. Moving on to our next question that we have for you, Elaine... Do you get to travel? Again, it depends on the company. So within my first role in the UK, um, I got to travel quite a bit. So I looked after quite large geographical areas in the UK. So I got to yeah, travel quite a bit for that role. Um, but generally, no. Unless you work for a mining company and they want you to go on site occasionally, um, you generally pretty much stay in your office unless you do have lots of different entities around the place. Fair enough. And I guess one thing that we get these questions, do you get to travel? Is your job hands-on? Are you sitting behind an office? Is for students to start visualising what does that whole working environment look like? And quite honestly, as you're putting it, it is behind an office, especially now with COVID, things are more digital. You're in essentially by yourself working in an environment not so much you know you're not moving around too much would you say that or yeah um you generally don't move around too much aside from yeah around your office (laughs) fair enough and how does that make you feel in in the job that you do did you expect this when you first started yeah I didn't ever expect HR to be a particularly travel heavy role um so it was yeah, pretty much met my expectations, I think. Okay, fair, fair point there, Elaine. Next question that we have for you, once again, asked by students is, is there anything that surprised you once you started working in industry? So I, I was quite surprised that people don't ever grow up. So um, as a kid, you always like, oh yeah, when I'm an adult or adults behave a certain way. Um, but in reality, no one ever really grows up. So and they would always rather have someone else fight their battles for them. So, for example, we had a complaint about farting in the office one day. Wow. <laughs> and they that complaint went to HR yeah. rather than one person just talking to another. Um, so those sort of little things Jeez, are always... <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, went to the whole HR team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we, yeah, there was an official complaint raised um, and then the, the manager of the team, of the, yeah, of the culprits team, I guess, <laughs> had to have a formal conversation with them about their poor office behaviour. Yeah, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so that's one thing in terms of people not growing up yeah. and still not using common sense, I guess, in yeah. that, some cases. But any any other examples that you have in um, terms of the work you've done and the people that you work with or even just the, the general job itself? Was there anything that really surprised you about the work that is required or the skills that you might need once you're actually in the role itself? Yeah, I think um, knowing how to write an email mm. is very important. Probably something that you don't ever get taught at university or at school, is how to write an email that's logical, Mm -hmm. that explains what you want, what you want, what do you want from people. So 
yeah, just email skills is probably <laughs> such a great point. You know, important and um, I guess attention spans as well mm-hmm. at uni. And at school, you're going from one subject to the next all the time. When you enter the workforce, that might not necessarily be the case. So you might be doing the same thing quite often. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how to stay motivated is probably sometimes can be difficult. Yeah, no, great, great advice there, Elaine, and, and great insights there. I think the email thing is re- definitely important <laughs> as well. I work in, in industry and every day you have emails and it's about being efficient, being able to structure it well and get to the point and get the answers that you need. So a really important tip as well in terms of the work that you do. Um, next question that we have for you, Elaine, is does human resources, the role itself, does it, does it pay well? I, it doesn't pay badly. Um, I think there can be quite a big disparity in regards to human resources and who you work for. So if you, for example, work for a mining company, you'll probably be much better paid than if you're working for local government, let's say. So you can be looking at like twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 difference from the day you start, depending on what industry you work in. But You'll never be paid badly. <laughs> right. So it's not a grade, but it's not bad. Yeah. Um, and it's dependent on where you work and the industries that you're at. Just for students to get an understanding, what is the starting kind of salary that you might be expecting when you when you get into the role of human resources? Um, and then how, how far can it go yeah. over the years? Um, so when you start, again, depending on where you start in terms of what companies – I'd say you'll probably be looking around $60,000 and then it depends if you go up to manager or director level or whatever, but we'd be looking at something like $200,000 a year. Wow. So the difference is quite stark. Right. That's interesting. So it can definitely go up significantly. And is that based on obviously, you know, years of experience that you need to have in the role? Is there any other elements that you think that, you know, getting to that management level and getting that kind of salary, what separates them from someone who basically isn't earning that level in pay? Um, some of it can be luck. I, My previous company that I worked at, we had someone in HR who was getting, it was like $230,000. Wow. Um, and it was just because she was there for a long time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and so not necessarily had any outstanding skill sets above anyone else. But what I would say is good stakeholder management skills. That's Mm. definitely the most important. Um, You're working with managers across the business and different people across the business every single day. Um, So having those stakeholder management skills are really important. And being honest and open. I think people will see through you quite quickly if you're telling fibs. Such great insights there. So so surprised as well to understand that, that that's the spectrum that you could be dealing with in terms of salary for human resources, starting off at 60 and even go up to 230, uh, 230,000. So, and, and great to know in terms of the fact that this is the work you do and this is how you get compensated for it. Um, last question that we have for you, Elaine, is what are the most important skills, and you've already kind of touched upon it, but what are the most important skills needed for working in HR? What would you say are the most valuable, in your opinion, and in your kind of field of work that you've been doing uh, that really makes you above the rest? Yeah. 
yeah, again, I think stakeholder management skills definitely really important. Um, but then I think secondly is a lot of things in HR have time constraints. Um, whether that be a official sort of KPI or something that just needs to get done because otherwise product there'll be productivity losses in the business, etc. So working quickly and efficiently um, is also really important. So that means probably quite high attention to detail in some aspects, whether that be contracts and salaries. Um, but yeah, just be, being able to prioritise efficiently and correctly will probably help you a lot. Great to know, Elaine. And that wraps up all our questions that we have for you. Thank you so much for being here and giving us your very honest thoughts and insights into this role. Um, for our listeners out there who have more questions for Elaine uh, that did not feature on our list today, and would like to connect with her, just visit our website, careerview.com.au. This is where you'll find Elaine's profile and you can send her more questions that you like and I'm sure she will have some time to answer that when she does. Um, and with every episode, please don't forget to submit the questions that you want to know to young professionals who've been there and have done that. Um, Elaine, before we wrap up today, I just wanted to ask you one final thing. And this is just for all students who are currently pursuing the role of in human resources or studying in university or looking at different pathways to get to the role. What would you say is the best advice to them in terms of preparing for the career? This is probably the same for every role, but being able to work effectively in a team. And that you're always going to work with people that you might work really well with and others that you might work inefficiently with and learning how to deal with different people with different personalities I think is very important as human resources suggest you're working with people every day so you need to be able to navigate different behaviors um, and yeah different personalities as I mentioned before in an effective way for you to be able to get your job done and some people might be very analytical and you need to know how to present information to them in a way that they understand whereas others might be quite airy-fairy and they like to know all the background and they want a story that you tell them so you need to be able to figure out very quickly how to do that and that's probably my advice <laughs> and you'll see that working with a team and you'll understand those differences quite quickly um, so just yeah f figure that out <laughs> as you go along <laughs> Elaine I really love it thank you so much again and uh, wishing you all the best thanks <laughs>